everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, TVTPFL. It's Friday, it is March 4th, it is 2022. We have nine NBA games to talk about here on today's podcast. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07, Grant for what's happening, my friend? Oh man, it was it was a good day in basketball today. Just uh, just absolutely crushed. I think I went like 17 and 6 over on the Grant's Action Lounge. So I really, really can't complain about too much right now. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't checked that out, it's still free, right? Yeah, it'll be free for the next few weeks at least. And then the live locks will be free for the foreseeable future. And it's just free money. Take advantage. Free money doesn't stink. And, like, I've been looking at Grant's scores and odds uh, picks and rolling them over on prize picks and profiting. So, um we all we all get the we all get to love on the grant free money. So um, there you go. I just wish that like I could do like a three or four person parlay, like I've been hitting on prize picks because <laughs> it'd be so much better. Um, but anyway, so I mean, there's it, it's weird. Like there's some like parlays that are like way worse odds on sports books and better on prize picks, and some that are the opposite. So. Yeah, it's definitely it, – it, it'd be nice if – I wonder if it's available. I'm going to be in Arizona for a little bit. I wonder if I'll be able to gamble and do prize picks at the same time because that would be that would be big. Oh, snap. Yeah, buddy. All right, let's get into it. Nine games here today. We get started with the Pacers and the Pistons. Two 30-and-a-half total here. The Pacers are a three-and-a-half point favorite. Looking at the injury report for this one, the Pistons are on the second end of a back-to-back, and then the Pacers, Bitstays, Duarte, questionable. McConnell, Rubio, Turner, Warren, out. Uh, so let's start here with the Pacers. What do you like here for Indiana? Uh, I think the Pistons are the one on the second end of a back-to-back, but now, now I get what you did there. They're both, they're both the only two P names in all of basketball. But, yeah, I, this is my favorite game of the night. Like, this is – fantastic here i mean i think this game stays fairly close here uh detroit's been playing decent i think it's just one tonight um but on the indie side like halbert and brogdon are, are are fantastic plays like brogdon came back played 41 minutes the other night looks like they're giving him a decently long leash like they'll they played him 29 the first or 31 the first night 29 the second I think they're going to let him play a full complement of minutes. I think him and Halliburton work really well. And those are the two guys that I absolutely love here. I was worried about Halliburton's production with Brogdon coming into the game, but realistically it hasn't seemed to affect it too much here. Um, still putting up 40 some odd points a game. I think this game stays close. I think it's a great stack. Um, Halliburton and Brogdon are the main two pieces. Brissett, I think is fine. Like he could, it gives you some upside, but, realistically his floor is pretty low same thing with buddy Hyde. if you want to throw him into a game stack i mean he has 50 point potential upside i don't think i'd pair him with brogdon and uh with uh halliburton but buddy's fine if you don't want to use two of those guys but i i think the plays here are brogdon and halliburton are just fantastic here i think they could both go for 50 in this spot i like it um i like this game environment i think this game environment is super interesting um just in in general like high scoring game two defenses that kind of stink so i don't mind that and on the detroit side cunningham coming off of a big game 
on Thursday night. Like he, I still think he's like your ceiling guy on this team. Um, I don't mind taking like some tournament shots on someone like Kelly Olynyk. And then if anybody kind of gets ruled out here, I mean, that's where I think you take advantage of that. But I think Stewart, Grant, Bay, Cunningham are like your consistent minutes. I guess Joseph too. Um, but I think Cunningham's the guy that I'd be looking at. Uh, I think Cunningham's pretty solid. I think Bay's pretty solid. But I think my favorite one is Grant. He's been playing pretty decent recently. Been getting the minutes. The shot volume has been pretty great. 40 and 38 in the last two games, sitting at 6,300. I think this is going to be a really high-scoring game here, and I think Grant's going to be a huge part of it. Well, Cunningham's probably second for me, and Bay's probably third. Grant is definitely the first one on the list. I mean, you can go with Stewart. I mean, obviously, he has upside in any given game. He's kind of cheap at 4,800, so he's a perfectly fine piece. In a game stack, a Linux, obviously not getting a ton of minutes any given night, but kind of a guy like Harold that can get hot and he can shoot lights out and put up a 40.9 like he did going up against Charlotte. But he's probably just kind of an add-in piece to a game stack here. But Grant, I think, puts up a 40-point game here. He's one of my favorite plays on this slate. I think he really does some work in this spot. All right, I like it. Moving on here, we have Atlanta at Washington. 230 and a half total here and Atlanta is a two and a half point favorite. The Hawks second end of a back-to-back. We saw Trey have a huge game um, last night. And then on the Washington side, Bradley, Carey, Porzingis outs. Uh, Let's start here with Atlanta. I think John Collins, you know, he didn't play on Thursday. We'll have to see if he plays or not in this one it is the second end of a back-to-back so i mean we'll be paying attention to him and then um akongu is in the concussion protocol so he's another one that we'll kind of be looking at what are your thoughts here in atlanta yeah i mean i think probably trey obviously is a guy that is very much in play here um the rest kind of depends on if Collins ends up sitting, if Okongwu ends up sitting, Capella, he got 33 minutes in this last spot here. I can't remember what his fancy outing. I know he had a double-double since I hit his overall I think points. He scored like 30. Like yeah. 30 fantasy yeah. points. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, it's a tough match versus Vooch, but if he gets 33 minutes, he can absolutely go off for a big game. I know he hasn't had a ton recently, but his minutes have been all over the place. I mean, you look at his game log and they hold him out of the fourth quarter while Collins was still in there. They've Held him out of the fourth quarter versus Toronto and Orlando because both of them were blowouts. Tough matchup versus Boston, but looking at his game versus Chicago, 40 points put up over 30 tonight. I think they can easily end up with a pretty big outing in this spot going up against Washington. It really is not great versus big men. They're going to need a size without Collins and Nkongwu if they're out. Outside of that, I mean, Hunter is probably a little bit too cheap at 4,600 considering his minutes and his potential upside, but he's definitely got a pretty big downside in any given spot here. Bogdanovich is probably a little bit too cheap at 6K, but not drastically. Realistically, Colin or Capella and Young are the main two plays, and that's mostly dependent on Akungu and Collins being out. Washington side, I mean, with Beal out, we, we've definitely seen an increase for Kuzma coming off of a kind of not so Kuzma game. Uh, the last time out against Detroit, I, I don't hate his production the price is still a little high um i mean 
I think the problem with Washington is the minutes are kind of all over the place. And I lean towards like a Corey Casper on like on the value side or, or taking tournament shots on like a, a Thomas Bryan or an Ish Smith type of plays more than anything else here. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, Kuzma has been hyper-efficient. He's been playing out of his mind recently. I don't know if it's going to fully keep up. So while he does have 60-point upside, I mean, we've seen it into the last three games, all the numbers kind of point towards him not being a great play um, at 9,400, especially on this side of the size of the slate. So I'm probably going to stay away from there. Uh, KCP at 4,800, probably don't want to go there. Casper is fine. At 4,400, don't love him, don't hate him. Neto is fine at 4,600, but I think Ish Smith is probably playing him and Gafford. I assume they're going to play Gafford for 20-some-odd minutes here. He's still priced at 4,100, 24, 24, and 30 in the last three outings. Definitely offers a little bit of upside here in a spot versus Atlanta where they're kind of thin at the big position. And then Ish Smith, I mean, he can be pretty solid on a point-per-minute basis, getting 23 minutes a game right now. He definitely offers you a little bit of upside. So I'm mostly looking at the value plays in this spot. Cleveland at Philadelphia, two 19 and a half total in this game. And Philly is a seven and a half point favorite on the Cleveland side. Levert is out. Sexton's out and Rondo is doubtful on the 76er side. I mean, they're good to go. No one um, on the injury report here for them. So starting with Cleveland, we saw Garland come back and they're like, oh, well, they're probably going to limit his minutes. And he played 33 minutes. Um, <laughs> good job limiting his minutes, right? Um, yeah. So I, I think with Garland back, Goodwin value gone. Um, the, the bigs, it's it's kind of still a mix. But, I mean, Jared Allen seems like the most consistent big here. What are your thoughts on Cleveland? Yeah, I, I I honestly don't have a ton of interest in anyone outside of Garland. I think Garland's still pretty decent play here, sitting at 7,900. I mean, we saw what he was doing earlier on in the season. He's still been putting up 40 in the games he's played in over the last month and a half. Um, so I think Garland at 7,900 is still a pretty solid overall play in this spot. But Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, their production is going to get hurt a little bit by Garland coming back. I don't think they offer the same upside. I know Jared Allen's been playing really well recently, but 7,600 probably priced where it should be. Same thing with Mobley. Markinen and Love, I can't really trust either of their minutes. I mean, Markinen's been a little bit more consistent on the minutes since he came back, and he just has been playing great recently. And without with Garland in there, it kind of eats into his production a decent amount. So he's not really a guy that's on my radar. Obviously, Goodwin. Not really in play, same with Rondo if he does end up playing, or Jetty. All those guys are hit, hurt pretty badly with Garland in there. So really, it's just Garland in this spot, and he's he's still pretty solid overall play. He should be at 8,500, 8,600, and he's sitting at 7,900. Philly, uh, I mean, here we go. Embiid, Harden, uh, they're, they're gelling. Uh, they're, they're definitely gelling. They're playing well. I still think, like... Embiid's ceiling is a lot lower with Harden. Like he's still having good games, but he's still 11 8, um, still leading the NBA in points per game, too. So, like, um, what are your thoughts here on Philadelphia? On Philly, I mean, 
Embiid, Harden, that's really it. Like, I can't really trust Harris. He is sitting at 6,700. Max is sitting at 6,600. I suppose both of them have a decent amount of upside. I know that Maxie's done pretty well in the games with both Harden and Embiid so far, but 6,600 is probably about where it should be. And when you consider the matchup going up against Cleveland, I think that it's probably a little bit too high. I mean, I don't love the matchup for Embiid or Harden. I think Embiid's going to have a little bit of trouble going against Mobley. So I think I prefer Harden in this spot. But realistically, I'm not going to hard or I'm not going to argue with either of them in this spot. Yeah, I, I still think I like Harden a little bit more, and I, I don't want to forget about Maxi. I think that he's still a GPP play. You know, he's getting a little bit more open looks. Look at his points the last three games with Harden there, 28, 21, 25. So Maxi's someone I like, and he's someone I think is really interesting on, like, the prop point betting um, type of thing because the books really haven't adjusted. Well, they hadn't um, yet, so we'll see if they do here. Milwaukee at chicago 238 total in this game the bucks a three and a half point favorite chicago bulls second end of a back-to-back the milwaukee bucks connington hill lopez out so let's start here with milwaukee assuming that like ball caruso still out and we'll see if anything else comes out of chicago on the second end of a back-to-back but i expect both teams to be pretty healthy here talk to me about the bucks I mean, it's such an interesting spot. I mean, the total sky high. Chicago's been giving up a lot of points recently. Milwaukee's defense hasn't been the same over the last, I want to say, month. They're sitting in kind of middle of the pack. Like, it's going to be a high-scoring affair, and I feel like I should love some guys in this spot. But realistically, everyone's kind of priced about where they should be. I mean, I'm never going to argue with Giannis, especially in this type of environment, in this game that should get stay close. I mean, he's clearly one of the top raw points plays on the entire slate. Holiday and Middleton are fine, but you're not really getting a ton of upside in this spot, I don't think. I know that Holiday's coming off of a massive game, and Middleton can always put up a big outing, but I'm probably going to stay away from then. I think Portis is interesting in this spot. They're going to need a size going up against Vooch, assuming Vooch ends up playing on the second of a backpack, which I have no reason to think that he won't. Portis, if he ends up playing the minutes, he obviously has some upside at 6,600. I think him and Giannis are the only two I really have much interest in in this spot. Yeah, kind of in the same boat. And I, I feel like it's also like, just like, all right, um, those are the two that I've been playing the most all season. I, I think there's, you know, a reason you could potentially look at Drew. I really liked him the other night against the young point guard, and he had a really good game. Um, kind of the same scenario here. On the Chicago side, DeRozan's 9,900. He's kind of priced up. Levine's 8K. I mean, we contingently see these guys just not have value because they're all healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, DeRozan's price keeps coming down, but his production isn't the same. Um, I don't know if I can really still pay 9.9K, especially on this side of the slate, obviously on a smaller one. Might be a little bit different, but, I mean, I don't hate the idea of stacking up this game and bringing it back with Levine, Vooch, I mean, even if you really want to, DeRozan, just betting on the game environment and the high-scoring affair and the fact that this game should end up staying close and could be very competitive. I think Levine, out of the three, is my favorite. I know he hasn't put up a massive outing since coming back, but I still think that he has the ability in this type of spot to put up 50 points here. He's probably the one offering you the most value. And, I mean, it's weird to say, but, like, 
Vooch could end up with a big outing. I know that he just hasn't, for the majority of the season, put up huge outings with both DeRozan and Levine there. But it's it's strictly like all of them are priced slightly too high. But when you consider the game environment, when you consider the pace, when you consider the total here, bringing them back in a game stack, it's not a terrible idea. But outside of that, like I'm staying away from green, AO, white, all of them are not really too cheap. I mean, maybe green at 3,800 if you just need a salary saver that you want to throw in this game. But it's the big three as it always is. And I just only want to use one of them and bring back hoping that one of them ends up with a ceiling outing. Yeah. I mean, in like a game stack scenario, I definitely don't mind that. I think this game has the potential to be really, really close and really, really good. So I don't hate that idea. Orlando at Toronto, no total in this game. Toronto second end of a back-to-back. Dealing with some injuries, Jonathan Isaac, Maurice Wagner out for Orlando. Um, Van Vliet didn't play Thursday. OG did not play, and he's not going to be back, they said, for a couple weeks. So starting here with the Orlando Magic side, I mean, the Magic are getting very healthy. And, you know, Fultz, I would assume that he – plays 16 ish minutes again here but i feel like he's definitely hurt the value of some of these guys what are your thoughts on orlando i'm probably just full-on staying away i mean Wendell carter jr has been crushing recently but his price tags finally caught up to his upside and his floor i mean i know he's been putting up 40 45 most of these games has 50 point upside but i don't really like this spot too much i, I think it's fine i think you can go with it he's the one guy that's potentially in play but it's not something that I love here on this size of a slate. And then the rest of the guys, I mean, Fultz coming into the fold, like Anthony and Suggs are probably priced where they should be. Don't see a huge amount of upside with them. Mo Bamba, I know that he can crush on a permanent basis, um, and he's been getting decent minutes recently. 5,200 is probably a little bit too cheap, but he's been pretty efficient. At least he was going up against Indy, and Indy's – a better matchup than going up against Toronto that actually has some size. I think one of the games like Goga and Stewart, like one of them got injured or something like that. So Mo Bamba is fine at 5,200, but not an exciting play. And Wagner with everyone in here, I know he's coming off a big game, but that was against Indy. Toronto's not the same matchup. So if you want to throw him in there, that's fine. Like everyone's just fine, but they're all priced accordingly or a little bit too expensive. And I have no interest in any of the guards. Yeah, I just I struggle with the magic because they've just gotten so healthy. I think like Franz, it, Franz and like Wendell Carter Jr. would be like the only two that I see any type of upside from. And then on the Toronto side, I think it all depends on Van Vliet. If he's out yet again, I think we go back to the well here on on Flynn. He didn't have like a great game last night. So hopefully that will scare some people off, but I think Barnes and Siakam are definitely usage plays, but I think Flynn gives good upside and value and Gary Trent jr. Is another one that gives us a little bit of upside in this matchup. Yeah. I mean, Flynn sitting at 3,900 is just silly to me. I know he didn't have a great night last night, but sitting at 30 points the prior two nights before he's going to be one of the better value plays on the slate, I think, but that's all dependent on Van Vliet. If Van Vliet plays, I think Van Vliet's fine. I think Siakam's fine. 
that's kind of it. Van Vliet's out. Like I said, Flynn very much in play. Gary Trent Jr., I know I had a rough night, but I think he shot the ball like 20-some-odd times in this spot and just shot terrible. I'm going right back to the well. I mean, we saw him put up 30-point games, 30 real-life point games earlier on without these guys. I think it could happen again. Scotty Barnes has been fantastic recently, just putting up huge outings, 6,300, far too cheap without OG and if Van Vliet's out. So you pretty much go with a big three, and then Flynn is a great salary saver in this spot. I know Orlando's been playing decent defense over the last month, but they've been running at a huge pace. This could be a massive outing for Trent and Barnes and Siakam and Flynn here if Van Vliet's out. And if Van Vliet's in, then all of them are fine, Van Vliet probably being my favorite, but none of them stand out as fantastic plays. All right, Minnesota at... OKC 231 total in this one. The Timberwolves, an eight point favorite. Anthony Edwards out, Vanderbilt questionable. And then Dort favors Giddy, Jerome, Mascala, Robinson Earl, Aaron Wiggins, Kendrick Williams out for the Thunder. Looking at the Minnesota side, I mean, with Edwards out, I really like Russell and Cat in this spot. It's a great matchup. I think Pat Bev is an okay value at 5k and i mean i don't even hate the idea of like in large field tournaments looking at like a a a Jaden. what about beasley at 3200 yeah beasley at 3200 he was the next one i was going to mention yeah why is he still so cheap i don't i don't understand With, with edwards out obviously we know that the entirety of the usage is pretty much going to russell and towns Beasley should sneak in for a few extra minutes in the spot coming off a 33 point game far too cheap at 3,200. Like it's, it's, it's ridiculous. They use that price tag. McDaniels should end up playing a few more minutes, get a little bit more usage. I don't hate Pat Bev at 5k, but he's just an all right. He's kind of the worst of the bunch, not going to have a massive outing, but it'll get you the points pretty decent. Overall floor has a possibility of 30, potentially 35. Um, but Russell and Towns, like Towns is going to crush in this spot. No one can stop him here. And then Russell, pretty solid overall play. I mean, the usage is absolutely going to be there. The minutes should be there. It's going to be a high-paced game. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Too cheap at 7,900. Pretty much the same time, same thing every single time that Edwards is out. So Towns, Russell's, and I really like Beasley as a salary saver at 3,200. But I'm guessing he's probably going to draw a ton of ownership. Yeah, I assume as well that's probably the case. And then on the Thunder side, SGA, his usage is just through the roof right now. Um, This is a great matchup going up against Minnesota. So with everyone expected to be out again, I know on DraftKings they're questionable, but on the injury report they're ruled out. So I'm assuming they're going to be out again. So I definitely want to go back to the well. On SGA, I think Roby is going to be someone that's going to need – they're going to kind of need his size in this matchup against Cat, so I don't mind him. And then I'm going to live on this or die on this Theo Malden um, island because I like pain. Yeah, and if you live in a legal betting state right now, just go hammer SGA over 27.5 points. <laughs> Just, just do it, and then the morning when the PRA and the PA and everything lines are up there, just go do it. I mean, 29, 37, 36, 32 points in the last four games. He's averaging over a point per minute played 
with Giddy and Dort out. It's it's just simple. The guy is on an absolute tear. He's fantastic. Going up against Minnesota, not a great defensive team, and running at one of the fastest paces in the league over the last month, month and a half, something like that. SGA, like I know he's 10.3K. I know there's some sticker shock there, but without Gideon Dort, he's just driving to the hoop over and over again. He's getting boards. He gets stocks, getting tons of dimes. Like SGA is fantastic outside of him. I think you can go with Trey Mann at 5,500. I know he hasn't done great in the last two games, but he's still got some upside in any given spot. Baisley. Roby are both fine. They're not great plays. I'm mostly just interested in SGA here, and he, he's I'm going to bet a lot of money on his actual props, and he's very, very in play for uh, DFS, even at 10.3K. All right, moving along here, three games left. We got Utah at New Orleans, 228.5 total in this game. The Jazz, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I mean, Jazz, Butler is questionable, and then New Orleans, like Nance and Williamson are out, but both these teams pretty healthy overall. Uh, what are we looking at here on Utah? I mean, anytime they're fully healthy, I don't have a ton of interest. I mean, it's, it's Mitchell and it's Gobert. Like, solid matchup going up against New Orleans. Either one can end up with a big outing. That's kind of it. Like every single time they're all healthy, it's those two guys, and neither one of them sound like a great play in this spot. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling. Um, I think the price on Mitchell is super interesting just overall on the slate, and I definitely could see him having a really big game here. So I think he'd be my favorite play from Utah. And then on the Pelican side, you know, McCollum has been shooting a lot, but Brandon Ingram is like asserting himself into this offense and, you know, definitely having some good games here recently. We're not seeing like these massive, like 25 shot attempt games over the last few games, but we saw the assist go up for McCollum. Um, McCollum at 9K seems a little pricey, but I think Brandon Ingram at 8,300 is someone you could definitely look at in tournaments. I really don't hate either of them. McCollum, yeah. I know he's sitting at 9K, but like he's still got some upside. He's been shooting the ball a ton. I generally hit his points overs on a pretty consistent basis. Only had 17 the other night and still put up 40 points, meaning that if he has one of his 30-point outings, he can put up well over 50. Um, 9K definitely offers you some upside. It was just a Brandon Ingram night the other night, and he just was shooting lights out. 15 for 19 from the field. Just absolutely fantastic. He even came out of the game for four or five minutes because he was injured and still ended up with 47 points. Don't hate him, but I'm definitely more on the McCollum side of things than I am on the Ingram side of things. Jay Bell going to have a tough matchup going up against Gobert. I know he's been consistently putting up 40 points, but this side of the slate with this many missed pricings, I'm probably staying away. Hayes been a little bit up and down, but really not giving you a ton of upside at 5.2K. Herbert Jones, I think he's fine at 4,500. I may need there a little bit for his defense. I don't mind him. He's probably my second favorite behind McCollum, but there's a lot enough other enough value on the slate where you don't really have to go there. Yeah, and then, yeah, I just – the price is so tough, I think, for McCollum and – 
Val, big Valanciunas man. I don't mind him in most matchups, but I mean this is a this is a tough matchup. So Houston at Denver, two thirty four and a half total in this one, and the Nuggets are a thirteen and a half point favorite. Schroeder is questionable. Murray and Porter Jr. remain out. Um, I mean, Schroeder doesn't play. Obviously, it would potentially open up a few extra minutes maybe for Jalen Green, but he's already playing a gazillion minutes a night, it seems like. Um, so I would assume that maybe like a, a Matthews or a Brooks, you know, picks up extra minutes. What are your thoughts here on Houston? Well, I'm fading. Like, this game's going to probably be a blowout. Wood really doesn't draw a great matchup going up against Joker. Porter, like, I know he put up a big game. He's fine. He offered you some upside, but I don't think this game stays close enough. So the only way I'm really using him is if I'm bringing it back with Joker. Um, Tate obviously shows upside at random times, but downside is just massive. Jalen Green playing a bunch of minutes, shooting a whole lot, but not really a guy I want to go with in this spot here. Matthews, 3,800, very shot dependent here. Played 41 minutes the other night and still only ended up with 23 fantasy points. I, I just, I have no interest in anyone on the Houston Rockets. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, I think if you're going to play Jokic, you could run it back with Kevin Porter Jr. or Jalen Green. And I think Jalen Green is in play regardless because of the minutes and production, and especially if Schroeder doesn't play. And then on the Denver side, I mean, I think the only way I'm playing Jokic in this game is if I'm kind of game stacking it because I just worry about the game staying close. I don't hate Will Barton at his price at 5,800, but I'm not going out of my way to play this game because I'm worried about it staying close. I mean, Forbes has been playing consistent minutes recently, so he's another one that I don't mind like in that 3K range for just low on value plays. Yeah, I think you could potentially go with Forbes. I think you could potentially go with Bones. Um, both of them are fine. Like, they're cheap. They're salary savers. But you're strictly doing that as a pivot off of the chalkier guys that we talked about earlier. Jokic, yeah. I mean, it's a great matchup. It's going up against Houston. Houston's not a good defensive team. They run at the fast pace in the league. Joker could put up a massive outing. But, yeah, you're kind of right. You kind of need to bring it back with Jalen Green or Kevin Porter on the other side or – that's that's kind of it. Like, I don't want to play the Houston guys, so I'm probably just going to fade this entire game. Um, but I'm not going to argue with Forbes, with Bones, with Jokic. They're just not guys that I want to play in a game with a 13-point spread. All right, we finish it out with New York at Phoenix. 225 total here. The Suns, a six-point favorite. On the Knicks side, Rose, Grimes, Walker outs, and then Suns, Booker, Kaminsky, Paul, Sarge outs. Um, starting with the Knicks here, I mean, we, we've definitely seen a, a huge increase in production and usage for R.J. Barrett, and with that, like Julius Randle has kind of taken a back seat. So I think my favorite play from the Knicks – would be R.J. Barrett, and I don't think it's that close. Yeah, no, it's Barrett, and that's it. Like, Randall, he went on a pretty big streak after the trade deadline. Hasn't really gotten it together since then. Well, Not Barrett great was matchup. out, too. Yeah. Not a great matchup going up against Phoenix. Like, 
I, I just, I just, I, 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 9.2 K. Yes, he could put up a big outing, but yeah, pretty much like you said, with Barrett in there, he really hasn't done well all season long. Barrett's been eating up a ton of usage. 7.7 K seems like it's kind of high, but you can't argue with his production, especially recently. 48, 41, 61 points. He's not priced nearly high enough. They're just kind of using their algorithm and slowly putting him up there. Haven't manually adjusted it like they should be. He's far too cheap at 7,700. Robinson, like not really a guy that's going to give you a ton of upside. Burks really hasn't been doing a ton recently. Fournier always has the potential to put up a big game, but realistically, most likely not going to happen. Um, you're better off just fading him on a consistent basis and you're just kind of done for when he puts up a massive outing if he is chalky, but this is not a particularly great spot for him from a defensive standpoint. So I, I just have interest in Barrett and that's kind of it. Yeah. And then on the Phoenix side, you know, that game the other night, just, it was, it was ugly. They crushed Portland. Um, and I think, we're going to see a lot of people talk about like Cameron Payne only playing 20 minutes the other night. First, he was just coming back. And second, he played 14 first half minutes. Once he checked out in the third quarter, that game was that game, that game was over. Um, I, I think it was like the start of the fourth quarter was like a 25, 28 point lead or something like that. So I'm going back to the well. I, and I didn't even play Cameron Payne the other night, but I think this is the spot you just you go to it and you play him in this spot. Payne, Aiden, Bridges, even Johnson, Crowder, play them all. Like Booker, Paul, both are out. I, you're right. Like looking at the game log, seeing how they did the other night. I know this because I was sweating a lot of bets. I had the Tory Craig under seven and a half points. He got running all the way through the fourth, I think, and that got crushed. Um, Aiden had the over of 18 and a half points. He got yanked with about four minutes left in the third, never came back, still ended up with 31 points. Jay Crowder had a fantastic night and Bridges had 15 real life points in the first half, had zero in the second half because of the blowout. Like I I'm, I'm willing to play all these guys. I think all of them, if this game ends up staying close, end up in the high thirties here, they need all the production they can from them. Bridges, Crowder, Aiton, Payne, all too cheap. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here for the weekend. If you're in the NASCAR streets, make sure you check out the Road Grinders NASCAR Premium. I know the guy that runs that, so I've heard he's good. I've heard he's very good. I heard that too. I heard he. I heard he made me a few grand on. On what was it, Talladega or Daytona? I can't Daytona. Remember. Yeah, I, I heard that too. I, I saw you. Uh, I saw you tweet him. So, um, but yeah, if you're playing NASCAR, check that out. Uh, I heard that guy doesn't sleep on the weekends, so definitely check that out. Favorite play under five k to go seven x. Who's your cheapy today? Go with Beasley. There's a lot of them though. Yeah, I'm gonna assume that. Van Vliet and those guys don't play. I'm going to go back to the well here on Flynn. Over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today? Yeah, I think I'm probably going to go with yeah, – this is tough here. I'm, I'm just going to go with Joker. I don't think that game stays close. Yeah, I like that one. 
I I'm gonna go Julius Randle, ninety two hundred. Really hasn't paid off that price tag, and it seems like forever. Um, so I'm gonna go with him. And I know it's only been a few games, but favorite six X play on the slate. Who do you got? I don't know if he's my favorite, but I'm going with him anyways. I'm going with Halliburton. I just really like that game environment. I like that. I'm going to stay on the Toronto bandwagon and go Scotty Barnes. Um, that was assuming, the other guy I was thinking Yeah, about. I mean, just kind of assuming that that whole situation is going to be the same. He's been absolutely crushing. So let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got? Guy with the same last name as my first name, Jeremy Grant. I like it. I like it. Um, I feel like this is really weird, but I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go off the the rails here a little bit and say Isaiah Jackson for the Pacers in that Detroit game. I like that game, so going with like a low in value play, I don't think it's the craziest thing. You just kind of need him to stay out of foul trouble, and I think that this is a spot that he could potentially do that. So there you go. Uh, any bets standing out to you here night before? I know you mentioned SGA points. Um, anything else? SGA over on points. McCollum over on points. Um, I think you can take the over on Capella points or points, rebounds, or points, rebounds, assists. Again, he's going to get a lot of run in this spot, even on the second of a back-to-back, I think. Um yeah, that's kind of it. Go check out the Grants Action Lounge on Discord if you want more in the morning. Again, it's all free, and I'm just just look at the pin tweet. That's all you have to do. I update it throughout the day. Just look at the pin tweet. Absolutely crushed today. There you go. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. So that's going to wrap it up here for Friday. We'll be back Monday talking more hoops. Good luck, everyone. Have a great weekend. See you, kids.